0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
1: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. A to get 30, 30, a get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So,
0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full turns at mintmobile.com.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery.
3: Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast, Every Step Along the Way. This podcast, as ever, is supported by our friends and the Stoke City fans from all around the world Facebook group. And we have an action-packed pod again this week. We'll have a look back at the one-all draw of Preston. We look ahead to West Brom this Friday, including some audios from the Baggies Camp. We've got Radio Stokes' Graham McGarry giving his predictions, as always. We have an under-23 loan watch from Hartlepool regarding Will Goodwin and we discuss all the news and updates around the club this week. So as ever, we're going to start by asking Mike, how have you been?
2: Yeah, pretty good, thank you mate. I've had a bit of a manic week. I'm sitting here absolutely shattered at the minute, mate. So uh, yeah, no, really, really well, thank you. How are you?
3: Uh, pretty much the same, yeah. It must be, <laughs> must be in the air this week. Everything, Everything's happening. Uh, yeah, we've had um, dog operations, people in hospital, the, the lot. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> been a manic one, myself.
2: I think it's the rain that's uh, making everyone feel a bit more down as well. I don't know about you, mate, but I mean, in Stoke where I am, it's it's been absolutely teeming down all day, not stopped.
3: Yeah, pretty much the same here, yes. It's... Um, it's very wet, very muddy,
2: <laughs> very grim. Oh well, let's uh, let's hope for a bit more uh, sunshine this weekend, mate, and hopefully three more points to go along with it. That'd be nice.
3: It would indeed. And Nick Powell cheered me up the other one anyway. <laughs> he lifted the gloom.
2: He's a good lad, isn't he he always yeah. knows how to put a smile on a face.
3: <laughs> well, as ever, just for our listeners, we you can catch this podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, Anchor google podcasts spotify and really any other major podcast suppliers okay so moving on we've got the hull so we had a win at the weekend against hull mike it's a nice 2-0 victory um was there, what sort of stood out for you
2: to be honest, mate, I think one thing... I mean, we always speak after the games anyway, and I think the... Um, I didn't see it live at the time, but I've, I've watched the game back since. And I think the the phrase that you were used to... Well, for me anyway, was that it was a more of a... It was just a professional display, I think, was the words that you used. And I think that's probably a fair assumption, mate. We, we certainly weren't great by any stretch. You know, we clearly... Knew that we were on top. We knew we were, uh, we, we were the better team, um, but we didn't really do anything amazingly good or bad, to be fair. I think it was just a pretty bog-standard match. There was a few kind of, obviously, call-outs. I mean, I think uh, Mario, again, with that added bit of quality, and obviously Powell, again, um, you know, it just shows the kind of quality as shines through. And um, those two moments, obviously, one is the game. And at that point, we obviously knew it was won, so we didn't really need to go and do anything particularly special. So I think we... Are, we we did what we needed to do. Um Soya's obviously some great skill to to set up Mario in the first place. I'm still I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, I know we'll get on to the Preston game shortly, but I dunno. One minute he looks great. The next minute he looks slow and lethargic. Like, like I've said in previous weeks. The Ricardo Fuller lazy boy type style of play in the middle, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. I don't know what to make of him. I still probably think he's trying to find his feet and He's he's a bit slow at times, but, you know, uh, he had a good game. You can't fault he had a decent game on there. Um, He's certainly doing better than when he first joined. So, you know, he's he's starting to maybe find his feet. But overall, mate, I thought it was a a very professional um, display. And we deserve to win. Uh, And it's a good job. I think we did win. Um, to be honest, we've got some very difficult games coming up. But uh, yeah, overall, mate, I thought it was a, a decent enough performance. I'm not sure uh, how you kind of thought it went, but I'm um, probably along the same lines I would expect.
3: Uh, yes, I mean, like like you say at the beginning there, I, I did um, sort of text you in town and say the dot, dot, dot professional, as I would sort of describe it. They knew what the job was. Uh, Hull didn't make it easy for them. You know, they packed sort of men behind the ball. Um, They didn't didn't let us sort of build and get into any sort of real rhythm. And I think the difference between obviously winning this game and what was happening last season, in the second half of last season when we were struggling, is that we've got people on the pitch now who are good enough and who can just create something. Like we have got a Vrancic, Sawyer's with the pass, We've got, obviously, Nick Powell you who know, put the free kick in the top corner there. You know, these players, I know Powell's sort of around um, for the majority of last season, wasn't he? But he was sort of like a lone, <laughs> a lone ranger a lot of times, wasn't he, for, yeah. in, in an attacking sense? Um, and I think that's the thing. Now we've got more options around. So, yeah, we can, you know, we, we've got more chance. If you, obviously, if you've got one player on the pitch who can change a game for you, that's great. If you've got three or four, then you're more than likely you've got three or four opportunities for somebody to, to do something special when you're the game. And that's that's what's happening this season in games like, like the whole game. You know, they came for a point, they'd have been more than happy to leave a nil-nil on Saturday. That'd have been like you know, great result for them. Um and obviously but you know, again we we've got magic, and that's what happens, you know, people like I say Vranchich, Powell, Sawyers. Um and obviously, yeah, we've still got people to come back as well. I think yeah, we've got we're missing Fletch, missing him slightly up front, I think, just as you know, his bit of trickery and his bit of you know the bit of skills and stuff he can do and just create room and space for somebody. Um, but yeah, I know you were saying about uh, Remains Romain Sawyer's weren't you there and saying he's not quite convincing you. I think that we found on, on Saturday the perfect way. Where we can use him, in that we've got a team there. We're going to dictate possession. The defense aren't really going to be troubled. It's all about going forward, and are we going to be able to break them down? We didn't need a a sitting holding midfielder because they would. The defense didn't have that much to do. And Sawyer's there as a deep line playmaker with his ability to sort of thread the needle with with his passes and that when he you know when he gets the opportunity, I think that's the perfect way to use him. Yeah. In other games, I mean, ironically, he can't play against West Brom on Friday, can, because he's on loan from them. But that game probably wouldn't be the ideal game to play him, not in that position anyway. If we were to play him, we need to push him further forward in games where we're more, going to be more evenly matched with the side. Maybe when we're away from home and that, we need more of a ball when it's sitting deep. And if so is this to play, maybe push him further forward. But in games like last Saturday, I think he's ideal player to have there and still allow other you know, forward-thinking, playmaker-type players can play in front of him as well. Because we have literally just got to... There's going to be a lot of teams who come to us if we carry on this form, and we'll just pack out the defence, and we've got to find a way through there.
2: Yeah, and I think... Which, I mean, it's kind of partly related but just obviously you mentioned about you know the, the pass through to Mario and bits like that I mean have you been a bit more su- surprised in terms of set pieces so far I mean I thought I, I, we're not scoring as many off corners that I thought we would to be honest I think early season we looked you know that looked dangerous and it looked to be threatening all the time but we, ha- we haven't really done as much as I thought we would do with set pieces with Mario and, and Suta up there but I might be a bit harsh but that it just feels like we've, we're missing a bit of a trick here at the minute
3: yeah, to be honest, um, we we need a few more dirty goals, don't we, like Yeah. <laughs> which,
2: um,
3: I did think, I did. Funnily enough, I did think myself um, tonight when we were watching the the, the Preston game. And the us we know, we we're putting corners in, and i We should be doing better off these, really. We should be getting, yeah, you know, putting more of these in the, in the net. I know we started off well, like I say, at the start of the season, but the last month or so, we haven't really, we haven't really been close either, have we?
2: No, oh, I mean Susa has got his head on one, has he? I don't think. I, I mean no. Ostergaard's been in there a couple of times at the back post, but I mean for me, I mean if, if Ostergaard's constantly in the back post and he's getting his head on him and they're not going anywhere, switch him and Souza around and get him at the back. You know, to get Souza at the back post. Um, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a reason. I'm sure there's. You know, again, obviously, they know more than we do, of course. But, um, yeah, again, just just a passing thought, to be honest. that just come to my head. But, no, I think, uh, what, what did you actually make of Hull? And then we'll move on to, to Preston that happened tonight. I mean, do you think Hull are destined for relegation, mate? I must admit, they, they didn't really seem to have very much to me.
3: Uh, no, I think I was sort of looking through their side and I was struggling to find, you know, where, where where's their inspiration going to come from. You know who's going to score the goals to keep the, to win them games to keep them up, or you know who's going to be the rock in their defense? And then I, oh, I couldn't see it to be honest. And that's it's unfortunate. Obviously, you know you you don't want to see teams struggle and that. But obviously, somebody's got to go down. And at the minute, I think they probably do need you know to to recruit a couple in January. You know, probably three or four in January if they get the chance. Yeah, uh, I think that's their only chance of staying up. Really, I think obviously the manager's got to do a bit of wheeling and dealing in January and see what he can get a hold of
2: and bring yeah, in. you spot on, mate. Because I think again, I think that they've played Blackpool at home tonight, and um, I mean they've they've got quite lucky. I mean they were one 0 down for pretty much all the match. Uh, they scored like 85th minute or something like that. So um, again, against the Blackpool, I mean no disrespect to Blackpool, but if you're a Hull, you've got to be looking at them games thinking we're going to win them. Um, so yeah you you think they're going to be struggling um, there's going to be a number of teams struggling I think this year and with all these points deductions that are flying around and Reading I think are apparently meant to get another nine points or something aren't they and I mean Reading at the minute are on 13 but you know you're going to put them straight into the bottom three if, if you if you effectively take all them points off them so it'll be interesting to see mate um, I think either way the most important team are at least flying relatively high right now so um, I know again uh, we're obviously going to talk about Preston now, mate, but um, I'll, tell, I'll I'll let you kind of give your first thoughts on Preston before I jump in, to be honest, mate, because I think um, a, again, in terms of the overall performance, we always chat afterwards and chat during the game. And there was a few things that you highlighted on message to me, mate, but what, what was your thoughts on the, let's say the overall performance, uh, not necessarily the, res- the actual final score.
3: I thought we were, I thought we were quite comfortable through a lot of the game. And we, we sort of, yeah, we were we were comfortable on defence. We were threatening going forward. I thought we didn't quite have the same threat in the second half as we did in the first. It, uh, and like the amount of chances we were creating, I think we sort of dried up a bit. But we started enough chances to win the game. Yeah, uh, I thought yeah. yeah we we should have we should have won that game quite comfortably.
2: Yeah, we should have done, mate. But see, for me, I mean, this is what makes the difference here so if you look at West Brom um for example they've played 10 they've won six and they've drawn four they've not lost any so you know again obviously look at our form played 10 won five drawn three lost two Um, you know it's still relatively decent you know start up to the season but when we look at these fixtures and we look back at Barnsley we look back at Preston and we go okay well we've got a point out of each of them games we could have easily won both of them if we went both of them that puts us joint top of West Brom fine fine margins mate we should have won those games and it's not much to convert and that for me is where I say it's the difference between it being a top two side and being a top potentially top six side I think that's the difference for me and it, it, we, we're not a top two side right now because we're not quite taking those chances now obviously over the course of a season it might work out that we, you know, it, it, we get lucky at once or twice when we shouldn't really uh be picking up points I mean I think, for me personally, mate, uh, Preston, I thought I thought we had a very, very good opening half an hour. But as soon as they scored, I think, was it Sayers that um, gave the ball away and then fouled his man to, to kind of concede that free kick, if I remember rightly? Yeah,
3: um, it seemed an unnecessary free kick, is not it? Sir?
2: Yeah. In terms of the like, the position, I mean, is it the same position as Joe Allen or something the other week gave away a free kick and, again, direct free kick, f- scored again? Um, wasn't wasn't that one? I think that we. But yeah. either way, we keep giving away these chances, and we're being punished every single time. I think it's three direct free kicks, three direct goals um, now. So I mean that that's pretty bad. We need to stop. We need to cut it out. I mean, let's face it, mate. Not we're not going to have that many goals direct from free kicks go in over the course of a season. We've just been unlucky. But um, yeah, I thought as soon as that went in, we struggled to get our heads back in the game. Uh, the first half was a write off. After that. Uh, we couldn't get the passing movement. We kind of come out second half, and you know, Preston were stepped up. I think they obviously built a lot of confidence. They weren't again. They, were, they weren't really doing much. They were playing long balls and hoping that we were going to make mistakes. There was times when we we're passing it out from the back, which we know we like to do, and you know we've had some. Good movement. I'm not we're not going to complain about playing out from the back. But again, a few ropey situations where we're almost giving them the possession. So we just need to be a little bit careful. Um, but yeah, as I say, mate, I think either way, we're still in the top six. We need to try and minimise the losses in the next three matches. I mean, we've got West Brom, Sheffield United and Bournemouth in the next three games. I mean, Christ, if we lose all three of them, it's going to hit confidence. And obviously, it's going to hit table position. I mean, how stoke would it be to go and win two out of the three or something stupid like that? You know, it, you, you could see it coming. And when West Brom haven't lost all season. Well, maybe it's about time they did.
3: Yeah. That, <laughs> they can't, they don't, we've said on this pod many times, championship teams do not go undefeated all season.
2: No, so, not in the championship.
3: <laughs> no. So, and let's like be honest, you know, we, we're up there on merit this season. -hmm. They are they are not going to get many tougher games on paper than coming to Stoke this season. So if if their unbeaten run is going to end, it's going to end somewhere. The bet three six five on Friday night is as good as any place for me. Yeah, yeah. We we should go in that game to win it. And as for Sheffield United, I think Bournemouth Bournemouth are looking pretty good. Yeah, they they're playing some good stuff and. Um, but Sheffield United, I mean, they they've I think they've
2: lost again, haven't they tonight? Have they? I must admit, I know they're, si- they're sitting in twelfth. I mean, they played ten and won three. I mean, it shows. I think they're a team we could we could certainly get at uh, without without a doubt. I mean, again, they've got a minus one goal difference by the looks of it here. So, you know, they, again, they're conceding goals. They've scored thirteen and conceded fourteen. So we know that we can go and beat Sheffield United. You're spot on about Bournemouth, mate. I mean. They, I think from the last five, they, they they drew one at the beginning of that sequence and they've won the last four. Um, and same for West Brom, you know, they, they drew three and then they won the last two. So I think either way, we're going to know we're in for a game. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, I think we'll know we're in for a game. Um, but either way, again, I, I don't know, I'm just feeling good about West Brom, mate. I think I was listening to Radio Stoke and I think it was Ben Rowley who was um, on there last night and he was talking about you know, what's gonna happen. He's like, you know, maybe it's about time we give someone a good spanking. And wouldn't it be funny to actually give it to the one team you're not expecting? Um, you know, the 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 team that are gonna to want to pass and play and attack and obviously we'll we'll dive deep more into that in a minute. But um you know I think we've got a we've got an opportunity to try and take some points again um in games where as always typical Stoke, we shouldn't get points. So um yeah, we'll let I say we'll we'll dive into that shortly, mate. But overall Preston, I agree, should have won, didn't win. Let's see what happens in the next three games or so. That'll determine how, how much of a, a hit those two draws have been.
3: Yeah, definitely. So what I'm going to do now, we're just going to go with some man-of-the-match polls. Um, from obviously, Prairie, we had Hall last week. So funnily enough, Mario Vrancic came out on top. It was the deemed our man of the match from obviously the uh, listeners and everybody on Twitter who voted. Uh, Romain Sawyers came second, uh, quite a distant second. Uh, Harry Suter came in a third. Ben Wilmot was fourth. And then the league debutant, Mr. Dehaney, uh, grabbed a vote as well to get himself in fifth place. Nice. Uh,
2: yeah. so you actually was pretty decent one, Dehaney. In fairness, I mean, as much as I've slagged him off on this show before he even kicked a ball, I thought, you know, he's uh, he's actually done OK.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think what he has done is we, we were worried that that was the one the uh, the one position in the side that we had no cover for. I think now we know that we, we have got cover, and obviously Tom Ince played there as well, didn't he, and scored you know, against Derby, although you know I don't think he played a great game as such. No. But I think what what that has done is give us options of two different types of players should Smith get injured between now and January.
2: I, think I, might, another ban. I think I might be wrong, mate, but I've just got a feeling after, I think O'Neal gave into that chance at the right wing-back spot, and he's come in, he didn't really, I know he scored the goal, but he was equally as at fault for one as well. So I think either way, he didn't play great overall. And then Dehaney's come in, had a gay, good game in the corporate, good game uh, in in the league and for me ince has been relegated now to a number three right wing back so in what scenario we see tom ince back in the squad hopefully never again but yeah i don't know what scenario that that would really be mate so yeah um i love to be proved wrong and i'm glad he's proven me wrong at the minute you know again i'm not one to jump on players back before they started it was just everything about the guy was saying a failure so um yeah, hopefully he continues to prove me wrong over the course of the season. Anyway, um, but no, it's interesting, mate. Sorry, I sorry to interrupt you, but I just uh, wanted to throw that out there.
3: No, I think I think with Ince, uh, the key could be obviously we've got the impending return of um, Seema and obviously Tyrese as well, and I think once those two are back in the matchday squad, Ince may find himself off the bench and back in mm-hmm. the start, and then from then he's probably waiting on injuries and suspensions to get him back on the bench, let alone get back in the side. Um so yeah, I think that that could well spell the end the end of him uh, in
2: this what, sort of O'Neill's thoughts. What a shame
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think like i said, say Dehane he he came in, he, he did a great job in the the cup game at Watford. He, and then he got he's, he's you know, after a long time without you know, ninety minutes. He's had played at Watford. He's come back in again at the weekend. Put another solid performance in, and I think I think we've, you know, Tommy Smith is a level up. I think he's, he's shown that tonight that we can trust him more and we can build attacks more down that wing with Smith there. But it's not the, you know, oh no, know what are we going to do now. We've got with if he gets injured like we were thinking before. I think, you know, we'd be a bit more calmer and be a bit more like, oh, well, you know, we'll just put Geheney in there. They would be quite happy for him to, to come in, and you know, for two, three games, whatever, if we needed to between now and January.
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I think Tom Ince is going to be looking to get out that exit door in, in Jan. Uh, I, think, I guess the interesting thing, and obviously we'll move on to the, the stoke news from this week in a minute, but um, Tom Edwards, um, interesting to see whether he'll come back in January. I think, it, isn't his loan ending in January, or have I imagined that?
3: Yeah, his loan does end in January, and that's when he's due back. And I think it was quite, it, it fit the jigsaw the pieces fit quite well. In that obviously De Haney's was a short-term deal until the new year, and then obviously that's when Tom Edwards is due back. So mm. is that Michael O'Neill thinking to himself, the lad's gone away? You know, we had we had a bit of an audio yesterday, didn't we? Say how well he's settled in New York, and how. You know he's played different positions. He's become a bit of a, a leader in the dressing room. You know it is O'Neill looking over there and going, you know what? He's grown up. He's matured. He's become a better footballer. You know, thinking with his head and stuff as well. He's you know he's thinking better. He's he's now he's going to give him another chance when he gets back.
2: back I mean, back. hope so, mate. I mean, I can't imagine Tom Edwards wanting to play out in America for the next ten, fifteen years before he retires. I mean. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think he's, um, I mean, the US is where players typically go to die, isn't it? So (laughs) that's probably a bit hard, actually. But uh, yeah, it's still, there's an element of truth in that. So I think, yeah, if Edwards is a local local lad, I think if he can come back, he will do. Um, But yeah, like you say, hopefully he's learned a lot. Because like you said, last week's audio, and for anyone who hasn't heard it, you know, obviously check out last week's podcast. And there's quite an in-depth audio from obviously an American uh, person seeing him. Quite a lot. Um, so, you know, I think it was, was it Matthew, uh, Dan. It the was, yeah,
3: Matt, Matthew Pugliese. He's a Matthew. Stoke fan out in the States. But obviously, he's been keeping quite a, a close eye on Edwards um, over there and sort of watching him quite regularly.
2: Cool, yeah. So, I mean, he's been seeing him. You mentioned he's even been playing at defensive midfield, which is interestingly another position we... Uh, Be nice, yeah. Again, it's a backup cover if ever we needed it, so um, but yeah, no, interesting, mate. Um, and obviously, in terms of some kind of obviously the Stoke news from this week, we always like to, to try and get that in there. So, um, I was looking at obviously home form because obviously, I think you know, for any successful team you've got to rely on your home form to really be quite solid. I mean, again, winning away from home, as we've always proven, and and as i have proven again tonight against Preston, isn't so easily come by. But I think from the seven games, we've won six and drawn one. So you're struggling to really criticise that too much, to be honest. But um, I think, you know, it's going to be challenged by West Brom this Friday. uh, But I'm sure you'd probably agree with me, mate, that, you know, again, if, I think if we we need to keep our run of form going, we need to keep this kind of success going throughout the season. So home games are going to be so important, aren't they?
3: Oh yes, one hundred percent. That's you. Know, if if you're going to win a year, win the majority of your home games, it takes the pressure off when you go away. What you, you know, the last thing you need is to you know not be picking up points up at home and then going into some of the you know, more difficult away matches, thinking, well, we've got to win because we're playing catch up. Over the last few weeks and you know what you know let's look back to when tony pulis was in charge here and obviously we were looking to get promoted and whatever and even after we got promoted what was always that it was always the home form if you've got solid home form you've got a chance yeah yeah nobody liked to come here then for a variety of reasons I think people don't like to come to play at Stoke at the minute for totally different reasons to back then, do they? But again, nobody's coming and getting results. And you know, I think then as well. I think as well because you know we've got a good away following, but obviously, the, you know, no matter where you play, you're always going to have more fans watching you at home than away. And I think if those if those home fans are seeing good winning football week after week after week then they're going to get behind you as well, aren't they? Yeah. You're going to bring the fans along on that journey with you. You're going to get the support and are going to believe more because they're seeing win after win after win.
2: Yeah, very, very, very true, mate. And like I say, I'm feeling, I don't know why, but I'm just feeling confident for West Brom this weekend. Um, I say this weekend, it's not this weekend. I keep saying weekend, it's Friday. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling confident, mate. Um, and if we, if we can keep that at home form up, uh, if we can take a win into, I think, is it Sheffield after West Brom? If we, if we can do that, mate, then I think we could really surprise ourselves, and I think we can get past this October uh, period of games, mate, with uh, with a few more wins, we'll be absolutely bouncing towards the top of that league. So, yeah, absolutely, mate. Very, very, very um, mm. important there, and I think one player I wanted to kind of highlight, and we briefly mentioned him earlier on, so um, Super Nick Powell, mate. Uh, phew, Crash, what do you say about this guy? So, Again, and if we're talking about form. I mean, he's played six and he's scored four and he's assisted one. I mean, again, we can probably add another one on that now because of probably Preston, I guess. So what is it? Played played seven, um, scored five and assisted one. So yeah. um, <laughs> you you can't argue with that, mate. I mean, I'd love to see the actual stats from um, across the division, but there can't be many other players who are getting that type of stats and. Um, at the same time I'm a little bit concerned that he's not signed a new contract yet I just wonder why I don't know if it's money or or what but there's got to be a reason you would think
3: you look at it don't you and you think he's 27 he's not really ever had the chance that his talent obviously deserves in the Premier League because he never really got going at Man United when he was there did he? No, we didn't. If you think to is he thinking to himself? I'm 27. I've, I'm. I'm going to be at the peak of my career. I'm out of contract. I want to maybe see if I can get. Or um, is is he looking to see because you know, last season we started started well and then we faded off. Is he sort of looking to keep him? You know, well, are we actually going to progress this year? Or are we? Are we going to move up, or are we just going to filter off? Because if we do, that could be the difference between him wanting to stay and wanting to move on. And because, like I said, like I just said, there, his, his ability is Premier League level all day long, and that's where he yeah. should really be playing. Because he is such such a talented footballer. The way he sees, them, obviously to have him in in and see some of the link up play they get. And all you know, the other good footballers that are, you know littered throughout this squad now. I just, I, I really cannot wait to see Tyrese back and firing in this side as well with the with the yeah. players that we've got.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely, mate. And you know that that's probably a fair point around Powell's contract situation. He probably wants to just hold out. I mean, I think I'd be more concerned if we get to January and he hasn't signed. Because I think that would say everything to me that clearly either... Well, it's not going to be Stoke. Stoke could obviously happily sign him up tomorrow. And it makes you think that if we had the money that we had in previous seasons where you know FFP wasn't maybe such a big issue and we could throw a lot of money at him, he probably would have signed by now. Um, So as soon as we can't do that, yeah, if he gets to January, if we get an offer, I don't know know what amount it would take to prise him away. I can't imagine it's as much as some Stoke fans would hope. Yeah. but yeah, let's let's just hope we can keep hold of him, mate. Because again, he's so integral to how we play. I mean, that header against Preston this evening. I mean, it was just it just bent into the top corner. I mean, that's just pristine finishing. Um, so well, yeah, this again,
3: is, this is it, isn't it? I mean, he's got you know he can finish. He got headers, head he scores free kicks. I'm sure you know penalties. He's got his set piece delivery. His vision in open play. His balls into the box for others. It's you know, he can finish inside the box, you can finish from outside the box. What <laughs> as a defender, he's probably an absolute nightmare player to play against because there's a threat constantly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I say we'll we'll see we'll see how things go with Nick. But um hopefully, you know, he's a professional, hopefully he will be willing to, to sign on with a bit of luck. Okay, and that takes me nicely down onto um a very hotly debated topic and I put a a poll out on uh, the uh, Every Step Along uh, the Way Twitter page in the week, and uh, didn't quite expect this many people to have looked at it, but there's well over 200 people who uh, voted within like a 24 hour period, I think it was. So um, alcohol in the stands. Oh, wow. okay, this is a very long, debatable one, but we'll keep it as concise as we can. So we basically put in in the actual um, options. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea uh, to have alcohol allowed in the stands? um 61 of over 200 people think it's a bad idea um i totally and utterly agree that it's a bad idea and nobody will convince me otherwise uh, i don't fancy being covered in beer every game uh, i think there's a lot of others that clearly agree with me and that they don't want to be covered in and beer all the time um you know that's before the kids around that area that are going to be covered in beer just it's just there's so much which is negative just so people can drink alcohol in the stands. I, I don't, again, I'm not a big drinker, mate, so, I mean, there's probably people in here who love a good drink in the stands and they'd love this type of thing. And I, I wish people like that would, would get in touch and give us their opinion. But um, what's your thoughts on this, mate? For me, I just can't see a positive.
3: No, no not for me. Um, I'm not, Yeah, so I, I'm similar to yourself, I'm not really a big drinker, so it's not It's not something that would affect me or, you know, in, you know, brighten my day to be able to do it. So I'm a bit sort of one sided on that part. Like you say, it would be nice to hear from somebody who's, you know, where the alcohol's a bigger part of their, their Saturday or you know their match day experience. For me, I just it's just, it's just a this a childish, immature thing of we well, scored a goal, let's throw your beer up in the air because that's what everyone else. Yeah. Oh, what is God. why? Why is it what is this sudden craze that you know that's come in the last few years. I think it sort of started with the World Cup, didn't it, in twenty eighteen? Sort of
0: exactly
3: that. About, and it's sort of gone. And you think to yourself, "Why? What? What's?" <laughs> but it become, "Oh well, we, we saw somebody in the last game did it, so if we mm. saw we we've got to do it." I'm like, no, no, why? What's wrong with people?" I think it would absolutely ruin my day if I was there. And you just got covered in beer. like, what? What's the point? And I'll just say, take some along up... to get covered in beer.
2: No, like I say if somebody walked up, walked up to you, mate, and and sprayed it, you know got shook a bottle of beer up and sprayed it into on, on your clothes, would you go, oh great, yeah, thank you? No, you <laughs> bloody well wouldn't. So why is this acceptable? to do it in any other scenario like you said mate i think there's a childish nature to it and i don't care if anyone listening to completely disagrees with what i'm saying that's fine you you're welcome to your opinion as much as i am and i just I, I just can't see where the sense comes from and you know you just queued up for probably 15 minutes in a very tight concourse paid about five quid for your beer and now you're it all over the place I, I just i don't get it mate I, I say it's it's a personal opinion but i just don't get it so well, i'm glad I, I'm on the same page <laughs>
3: I once had this discussion with somebody and their defence of it was, well, it's just the, the heat of the moment, they've scored, they've got... Know, like, you do not, in the heat of the moment, you would not throw that beer that high in the air. No. <laughs> Altogether, you would be able to... If you wanted to, even in the heat of the moment, you would be able to celebrate and keep hold of that drink.
2: Of course you would.
3: What of course you would. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, the only way I'd can, the only way i sort of be acceptable is to have their own little stand or corner or somewhere where it's like, yeah, if you sit in there, then you can take your drink to the stand with you and you can all have a little fun together when we score. Because it's inevitable it's going to happen. People well, just can't be trusted, unfortunately. I think but, what you'd
2: find, mate, is if that was allowed, you'd end up having people then asking for a drinking section, like we've got a standing section debate.
3: Well, this, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that. That, that's what I'm saying. There needs to be, there needs to be sort of put in in one area because football. This has is it in the mid um, 1980s, wasn't it, when it was barred from football mm. drinking in the stands? And the thing is, since then, football's become a lot more family orientated. You know, there's a lot more um, women that go. There's a lot more people that go with families. Uh, you know, elderly people, young um, children—you, know, people go together, and you, it's a dip- different atmosphere. It's a different feel to the place now, as I imagine there was back back then. And there's a reason it was banned from the stand Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a, very, a lot of well, oh, there's probably a lot of people who are going to run on the pitch and. Drunk at their heads and swearing and effing and blinding and crash. You know, I've, I've been. We've all been at football games and heard obviously raci- racism as well. So again, I think it just it just makes people not act normal um, a lot of the times. So, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm, I don't ever have a drink. That obviously that's not the case, but I think there's a time and place. And for me, it's not on a stand. It's just not.
3: Yeah, the thing as well is, I mean, I've I've been to test matches you know, here with, with in the cricket. Um, you know I've been to. um, Yeah, you know, watch tennis live. I've seen other sports, and you know, you can do, you can take drinks into stands at other sports, but football, football fans, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different feeling. There's more tribalism stuff. You, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same as the Barmy Army having a sing, watching cricket, watching England play. You know, it's, it's, it's not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's definitely not, mate. But it'd be interesting to see whether it comes in. Um, I don't doubt for a second they'll end up appearing on some, um, you know, the Stoke City Supporters Council. I'm sure it's something that people are going to want us to ask about. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if that makes it onto the minutes. Again, it's not not my choice, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that goes, mate, and what the club's stance is. I think that'd be quite interesting. And in terms of the next sections, though, we've obviously got Connor Taylor. So uh don't know about you, mate. I mean, I've been keeping close tabs. I know we had some some audio on, on Connor the other week, but um, obviously he's a strong defender. He's uh, very much, I think, starting to really find his feet, to be honest with you, for Bristol Rovers. I think he actually scored uh, for them um, at the weekend as well. And I know Joey Barton reckons that he's destined for quite big things in the future and um i mean i don't i don't know about you mate i think there's a as a bigger overall piece about our under 23s i don't remember the last time we had this many quality under 23 players on the verge of potentially breaking through i i genuinely don't think we've ever had it and please feel free to correct me but i just don't remember this many players
3: no i mean it seems it's quite ironic that we lost eight 0 to Aston Villa in the twenty threes, but well, that's because we've got so many of them either with the first team or out on loan.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just, we just. I was going to say we've just got the rest left, and that's probably a very, very harsh on them, to be honest. But yeah, I think I, from what I heard, mate, I think Villa were just a, another level. Uh, I think the other night.
3: Yeah, I think on uh, their Premier League potential came through definitely. Shall we say? Uh, but yes, I think Conor. The Connor Taylor, back to what we were saying there. He's sort of going from strength to strength here, isn't he? I mean, he he's recovered from COVID, at the start of the season. And since he's got on the side, he just he sort of cemented that place It's a nineteen-year-old centre-half. I mean, what kind of nineteen-year-old centre-half comes straight into a team whilst on loan and you know starts making this kind of impression? Can you think of one?
2: I try to think of the players. I mean, obviously Tyrese Campbell obviously um has been probably the the main kind of stand-up that's broken through in in recent times I was um, thinking of
3: what I was thinking of a certain centre-half who went on to play 400 games for the club
2: oh i am got a clue who that is I mean it wouldn't be a, a Ryan Shawcross would it mate
3: yeah well yeah it, it's um <laughs> it seems to be same kind of defender isn't it kick it head it get it red and he's coming, like you say, he's gone there, he's he's pulling up trees, hopefully he doesn't do what Ryan did and signs for the club on who he's gone to on loan.
2: Um, yeah, and hopefully doesn't get a back injury like Ryan's got. The poor bloke's obviously going to be out again now, isn't he, I think, for for Miami. Um, yeah. That back, he's, he's just not shaking it and I think for, again, it's easy for us to say this, but I think for Ryan's sake, he probably just needs to retire now, focus on his coaching badges, um, obviously writing for the Sentinel um, and kind of going from there. But yeah, like you say, mate, he's a, He's a bit old, the, the young lad seems to be a bit of an old-fashioned centre back, which I think some sometimes that tag gets used as if it's a derogative comment, and I don't think I don't think it is. I mean, how many times the players do just need to hoof it longer, get it out the way instead of tiptappy around the back. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's a, a negative thing at all. But um, it'd be interesting to try and keep tabs on on Connor because again young centre-backs, we've got a few players in different positions that are breaking through, you know, again up front, etc, but I mean, how many actual central defenders have we actually got as backup? I mean, obviously Chester, well, we've all got opinions on Chester, I don't think he's good enough, and I don't think he's going to be in next season. Uh, Danny Barth, I mean, again, another player who is good enough, but is he going to be happy to play effectively, you know, third or fourth or fifth fiddle um, again next season, potentially? So, we could need a, a good central defender to break through and maybe that's the that's the plan. Get Connor out, um let him get some experience and bring him back next season to be almost like a you know, a, a Collins type situation. Comes back in and, and forces his way in, you never know.
3: Well, yeah, I mean the the thing with, with uh Connor Taylor as well is obviously he's been likened to Harry Suter. And obviously we the performances that, that Harry's putting in I think every every Stoke fan starting to get worried how much longer we're going to be able to keep him if the, if you know the club can't rise you know, at least slightly behind the way he's rising himself you know is he going to sort of outgrow outgrow the the you know Stoke and where we are currently and you know the Premier League clubs are going to be knocking on the door and you know, sticking big big bids in for him. Because you know, if you if you are going to be looking to stay in that league, stay in the Premier League, he could be worth a lot of money to you if he's going to come in and and you know get you a few, you a know, few clean sheets and uh, turn a few draws into wins.
2: Yeah, and obviously, we, you know, we're obviously hoping that Suter doesn't go to the Premier League. I mean, hopefully, he goes to the Premier League with us. But I I, I think we'd probably all expect that if if we don't go up this season, Suter probably will be.
3: Yeah, well, there's definitely gonna be interesting. It? I think you wouldn't surprise me if there's a couple of clubs sniffing around in January, whether there's anything concrete or whether the clubs just go, no thanks, you know, we've come back in the summer and we'll see what you know where we're at. But yeah, like I say, Connor Taylor, he's he's giving off the vibes that he's that kind of defender. So, you know, the, the performances he's putting in, we could we could even have somebody who could slide straight into the side, you know. I'm not saying he's going to be the levels of Harry Suter is at the minute, but he's also got two or three years left to to push himself on. And obviously, Harry was doing great stuff at Fleetwood wasn't he for a couple of years before coming into our side. You know, and ironically, with Jerry Barton as well, which I think is is it Clint Hill, Clint Hill, the, the defensive coach with Jerry Barton. I think he's following round yes. he? Yeah, exactly.
2: So, yeah, yeah.
3: So I wonder. You know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see where Clint Hill sees nineteen-year-old Connor Taylor compared to nineteen-year-old Harry Souter.
2: Yeah, I think it will be, mate. And I think again, Clint Hill, good old-fashioned defender, um, didn't do anything. Just again, just solid. So, what what better? I mean, again, obviously there'll be bigger and better coaches, of course there will. But what better Stoke-related coach to have behind him than, than Clint Hill? Um, so yeah, again, mate, I think it's going to be very interesting um, season or two uh, in that central defensive position for a number of reasons. Hopefully, Connor goes and does well, and and hopefully comes back and um, does us, does us proud. So um, yeah, brilliant. And obviously, I think we'll we'll crack on to the obviously the West Brom uh, game this coming uh, Friday. So uh, yeah, again, mate, uh, lots to go out here. But let's go with my favourite section to start with, which is the head to head. So um, in our last eight fixtures versus West Brom, we've got mixed results, actually. So um, the whole, you know, we we always beat West Brom isn't actually the case. So uh, yeah, mixed results. We've uh, won four, drawn one, and lost three. And two of the three West Brom wins have actually come at the Bet365 in most recent times. So that's obviously a a potential um, stumbling block for us. But um, from from last season's win, actually, so we actually beat them 1-0 away, and I think, it was Tyrese Campbell, I think, who scored. It, um, it was in front of Sky cameras as well. Oh, yes. Okay, now I remember it. Yeah, so it was <laughs> 1-0 on that one. Um, and from that matchday squad, not just the first 11, the matchday squad, six players are remaining from that. Um, I'm going to test you. Can you remember any of the six players who might potentially play this weekend who also played in that game last season?
3: So are we having Tyrese as well? Is he uh, maybe a player for this weekend?
2: Um... Okay, I'll, I'll let you have him. Yeah, right, I'll let you have that. So it might be seven in that case, Sam. So, okay, yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give you Campbell. Right, Smith? Nope. Uh, no. <gasps> no. Uh, Danny Bart? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Joe Allen?
3: <laughs> <gasps>
2: Shock, Yep, <Yeah>. Joe <laughs> Allen.
3: Sam Klukas? Sam
2: <laughs> yep, Sam Klukas. <laughs> Them two are always there somewhere.
3: <laughs> Stephen Fletcher? Nope. Nope. How many have we got left?
2: Uh, you got three. There's three more. Three
3: more, right? Okay, oh, Josh Timon. Was he in and around the squad? Maybe?
2: No, okay, I'll, I'll give you a hand. Uh, the goalkeeper is Davis, yes. Uh, we've got Thompson, ah, right, okay, and Nick Powell, of course. Yeah, Nick Powell. I think it's one of them. I think Fletcher was on the bench, but from what I heard, I don't think he's going to be playing, mate. I think unless there's a big turnaround. I think it's going to be struggling for him to be fit, so I'm not going to count him. I've already given you Campbell, um, which I think very <laughs> ropey. Um, but yeah, I know obviously. Hopefully, actually, do you, any ideas how he did last night? Um, on obviously I know the eight-nil in He clearly didn't score, but any ideas on how he performed? I've, I've heard absolutely nothing.
3: I saw um, a tweet from Pete Smith in the Sentinel, um, and he just put that he was uh, obviously like 73 minutes he played before he was subbed off, um, and he said obviously yeah he's Nice to get more minutes under his belt, uh, but he looked he didn't really get much service, so not not much to feed off. And um, right. so it was like I say, the, sort of more of a exercise point of view more than anything.
2: Yeah, Just getting that, minutes in his legs. I was going to say that's the thing, isn't it? With under twenty three you're not going to get quality service from Nick Powell's and you know Sawyer's and all the other time. You're not going to get that service. Um, so yeah, again, it, it is all about fitness. So fingers crossed, mate, you'll be back for Friday, I think he'll, he'll at least be on the bench. I think he'll at least be on the bench. Um, so, what, what, a, what a fairy tale story that would be. Coming back and, and getting a, a last-minute winner against West Brom. Oh, I'll take that right now. Um, <laughs> in terms of, obviously, the the next point as well, mate, I mean, West Brom's form, I always like to look at the opposition form. So, as we all know, we've already discussed, I mean, obviously, West Brom are top. They're pretty much you know had a good spanking win tonight. They won 4-0 away at Cardiff, so they clearly have got Full of confidence. I mean, they're top of 22 points. So, um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how this weekend goes, mate. I think, oh, I don't know. I think if we can at least get a point, I think a point would be a good result anyway, just for where we are. But, I don't know. It's a good point, the right phrase there. I don't know, mate. I'm torn here. I think a, a, a good result would obviously be a win. I don't know. Would you be disappointed with a point? I, I don't know. I really don't know.
3: It's one of those, yeah, I think if if we if we get a point, then yeah, we haven't lost ground on them, have we? That's the no. thing. um obviously, you want to go and try and I think it's it's the manner of the game. I think we should be trying to win our own games against anybody and everybody in this division. We should go out to try and win. obviously, some games you're not going to do that, but I think if we go out to try and beat West Brom, like some sort of like we have tonight we tried to go out and beat preston but we've not been able to we tried to go out and beat barnsley but we weren't able to do it mm-hmm. but you you feel you're not sort of down about those results because you will at least try to get the right result and i think that's what we need you know so as long as we do that against west Brom, and we sort of don't go ultra negative and scared and whatever then which i don't think we were i don't think this team. I don't think that's the way this team's going to play. I don't think it benefits them to try and play that way either. No. I think they're very much a front foot side.
2: I just think we need to score the first goal personally for me mate. I think again like we kind of have seen like tonight against Preston I think if we seem to concede and then really have a struggle for 15 20 minutes um so I think if we score the first goal we could then go on and maybe score another couple more. I think if we have to come from behind that's probably where we're gonna be really scraping and struggling, so yeah, I say it, hopefully um, we're in for a, a a good one, and um, I'm actually gonna ask you for your prediction if, if you don't mind Dan at this point. Um, so and firstly, who do you think's gonna come out? You've already mentioned about Sawyers not being able to play. So who are you bringing back in for Sawyers?
3: I think we'll see Thompson sitting, and I think, and I think he's he's benefiting in playing. Tonight, as well, and I wonder whether that was partly the thought process because obviously mm. he hasn't really played he's had the obviously the cup games, but he's not been you know playing you know, regularly as he for us, so I think maybe he's got the minutes in his legs tonight to sort of sit and play that defensive role on Friday, and I'd obviously bring luson I bring Kluerson to play with rancic right. and with Thompson sitting
2: interesting. I, I thought we keep, you were
3: about Joe Allen mate. No, I think we keep Powell. I I think, I think we keep Powell further forward. Bring Klukas and Vranchich in and I think, you know, if we, um and have Thompson and I don't think Allen's... Yeah, you know, he has been quite a while, he, obviously. is it now like three weeks nearly he hasn't played? Mm. yeah, I'm not sure playing him on Friday is the best the best way to just bring him in. I mean he is Joe's obviously a naturally fit player. That's sort of where his game's based into it? it's on energy and, and running round. And maybe that's you know if he hasn't played for this long, it could be one of two ways. He could be full of energy or he could be blowing after, you know, thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes, especially if we are chasing the ball a bit more than we used to do in at home.
2: Yeah, you know what? That's actually a good point. I mean, obviously, Klukas, I think this weekend's game is going to be about pace. We're going to see pace from West Brom without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, we've obviously got our own pace. That That's not really in question. Um, but yeah, maybe we do just need a bit more energy because I think that's probably what we will lack in tonight a bit. Um, I thought Mario... As much as I think he's been good overall, I thought Mario had a quiet game tonight, personally. Um so maybe we just need a bit more of an engine room. And as we know, Klukas has definitely got that. He can score, he can link up play. Um so yeah, good shout actually with Klukas. I didn't really think that one through with him. So what scoreline are you going for then, mate? This is the interesting one.
3: <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna go for a one nil win.
2: Wow, okay.
3: Keep it tight, and I think we're gonna get we're gonna get the goal at some point. I think if we do, like I said, that first goal is going to be vital. If we get the first goal, I think the fans will carry us through. I think the fans will carry us through to the final whistle.
2: And who's scoring the goal?
3: I really want to say Tyrese Campbell after, like you were saying that dream <laughs> off the bench just wow. to come on the last fifteen minutes. But I don't think you. I don't think. I'm not sure he'll be involved. Um. Oh, I don't want to say it now. Uh, no, I, no, I'm going to go with I'll go with Klukas again. I think yeah, he's going to get a run. He'll get he'll run into the box. Francis Palbarel and go play man. One on one, slot it past the keeper. Happy days. One 0
2: Okay, well, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll take that, mate. And uh, I have said what I'm going to do is wait for Graham McGarry's audio, and I'm going to listen to what exactly he's going to predict, and then I'll just copy him. Uh, but no, actually, I'm not as going per, to.
3: As per usual, then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Actually, in fairness to Graham, obviously, his prediction at the weekend of 2 0 versus Hull was, was spot on. I said 4 1, so I was very, very off uh, on that one. Um, but no, actually, I actually, haven't listened to, to this audio before the show, so um, I can't actually give any. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'll it'll be interested to see if we actually go for the same score, but I am going to go for 1 oh, 1. I wish I could say a win, but I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Um, and I'm going to go for Harry Suter header from the free, from a free kick or corner that I've just been complaining we haven't been scoring on. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I've covered my bases there. But, yeah, as I say, um, let's have a quick listen to what Radio Stokes' Graham McGarry um, has said. Let's see what his predictions are. And uh, hopefully he agrees with me. Hello there once again,
3: this is Graham McGarry with that Potter's Prediction. It's been going so far so good, you know, in the early weeks of the new season. Well, this is the big test, isn't it? Midweek games have been played, now Stoke City are getting ready to face West Bromwich Albion at the Bet365 Stadium. West Bromwich Albion have just been struggling a little bit, I know they're hanging on in there, and are one of the favourites to go up, but I just feel that Stoke City are going to give them a real run for the money. Can those flair players produce for Michael O'Neill's side? That's the big question. What about Romain Sawyers? How do he fancy it against one of his former clubs? Well, I think the Potters fans will get right behind the team. The floodlights will be on. The atmosphere will be great. And I'm going to go for a narrow Stoke City win. Stoke 1, West Brom nil. Graham, thank you very much for that, mate. And, um... Oh, this is
2: embarrassing. Yeah, um, <laughs> so you clearly listened to that audio before we uh we started this, mate, because you seem to have copied off Graham this week. Would you like um, to explain yourself?
3: <laughs> well, he, he, he um, no comment <laughs> that's
2: embarrassing, makes You should be ashamed of yourself. You don't catch me doing anything like that, so um. <laughs> yeah thank you to to graham for showing uh, our friend on there which was always nice um and uh, yeah as always we always like to get the west brom uh obviously side of things as well and um our friends from the baggies podcast have also sent in their audio on uh, everything this season obviously in terms of obviously the overall result for this weekend but uh, a number of other things as well so um let's see what they've had to say this week
1: Hi guys, Louie here from the Baggies podcast. A big thank you for inviting me back onto the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Going to be talking a little bit and giving you a bit of an insight into West Bromwich Albion this season and what you can expect from us in our game on Friday night. So, um, in terms of our style of play, it's changed drastically um, since the arrival of Valerian Ishmael last season under Big Sam. We were used to some pretty just attritional football. Really, we've got a real high press system going on under Valerian Ishmael, and we've also got a bit of more direct style of play under Valerian Ishmael as well. We're really pleased with the way that he's come in and influenced his philosophy and the way that he's. Influenced Implemented the football that he's played at Barnsley and with us second in the table of course we're not going to complain but um, in terms of any key, pay- key players that you guys can watch out for in the game I think uh anne Grant is actually on a little bit of a, a run of form he's got two goals in his last game against, uh, against QPR be it one of them due to a bit of a goalkeeping error but He's one that I wouldn't have thought would play a massive role this season, and I've been disappointed with him so far this season, but a lot of people think that this is going to be the uh, the chance for him to kick on and really get back into into a bit of form that we saw and wanted to sign him from, from playing at Huddersfield. Obviously scored quite a few goals, cutting in from the left there and scored a couple of goals, cutting in from the left uh, against QPR on Friday night. So I think Carlin Grant's the man in form, but in terms of our best player so far this season that's got to be Alex mower who's been fantastic in the middle of the park, scored a screamer against Blackburn, but also shown some valuable legs and a box-to-box ability really in a midfield. He's a complete package and I think he's one that you need to really look out for. Um, in terms of Stoke this season, I've been really impressed with the way that you guys have played. Started off the season really, really strongly of course and, and really um, really starting to play some nice football. Obviously you've got our man, uh, Romain Sawyers in your ranks, um, but fifth in the table for Stoke City is not a bad start whatsoever um, especially after some you know difficult years in the, in the Championship over the past few seasons. But Stoke fans should obviously be really ple- pleased with their start to the season so far Um, playing really well against uh, against Hull City uh, last weekend so yeah I think it's going to be one where two teams are coming in on form two teams are coming in uh, with 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 very high hopes for for this season. So you guys hoping to push into those promotion and playoff places, and the same with us really. So it's going to be a really tasty affair. Obviously, you've got a player that I admire quite a lot in uh, Leo Skiri, Oscar De Gard, at the back, um, on loan from Brighton. A big fan of him and his season at Coventry last year, and obviously Sawyers is our man uh, on loan to you guys. Um, he's a very good player, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you make of him this season. But yeah, it's going to be a really really good encounter. Uh, and uh, I think an overall prediction for this game, I'm going to go with a one-all draw. I think um, I think it's going to be a difficult game for both sides, and I think with Albion, I think. We 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 did well against QPR to win the game, but I don't think it was a very good performance as such. Therefore, I don't think that we'll be getting the win in this particular game. But I'm going to go for a one or draw, a share of the spoils uh, in in this particular game. But I'm really looking forward to it and I hope you guys are as well. Thank you very much for inviting me on.
2: Louis, thanks very much from the Baggies podcast, mate. Always good to hear from you, so thanks very much. Um, so, yeah, some interesting thoughts there, mate. So, they're playing a bit more of a, a direct, kind of high-press long throw uh type game which is interesting i remember a certain team being absolutely slated for that a couple of years ago i wonder who were uh, who was doing the slating um so yeah very very interesting to see how that goes down i'm sure that there'll be some jeers and whatnot every time that happens um on friday um and interestingly colin grant he said it's scored two. um he didn't really ex- kind of expect him to do too well but he scored two he's actually scored another one tonight so that's three um, he's got already. and uh, funny enough, he kind of agrees with my uh, tasty game and a, a one one draw comment. So, um, yeah, I think I think either way, what that says for everyone is it's gonna be a tight game. I don't think any either team's gonna come there and go hammering uh, the other one. It's gonna be a very, very tight game. And if they're high press, um then if we can be quick in that midfield, I think we'll probably find pockets to kind of hit them on the counter-attack and um, just just find little holes to try and exploit. So, um, yeah, should be interesting, mate. But um, what were your kind of thoughts from what Louis had to say?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And I said I'd watch West Brom and I thought they were very much, a, you know, they were going long very quickly and seemed to be quite direct. Then when I was watching them, I think I remember us we were saying then that, it, you know, they can, by all means come play us and kick it long all, all day long because we our center halves will lap that up, you know, Suter, Ostergaard, you know, Wilmot, you know, they'll lap that up all day long and just keep adding balls away. And yeah, if that's how they're gonna come on Friday, then, you know, um even more quite confident now. You know, if that's how they put they are playing, you know, not just when I saw them, but we've heard it, you know, from a West Brom fan now saying himself you know they're going direct. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think what it is, it's going to be one of them games where, thank God, Harry Suter is fit. And obviously, when he went off against Hull, and and we were all sort of, you know, <laughs> sort of, you know, praying and 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 our hands and thinking, oh no, oh you know, this isn't something serious. Obviously, he's come back tonight. Let's fingers crossed that he's got through tonight without you know any recurrence or. You know, that injury flaring up again because he is going to be vital on Friday night. We're going to need him and the other central half there on top form and then just going to be... They're going to have to be committed, as I'm sure they will, because that's the kind of players they are, and just get their head on everything that we need to.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And like I say, I can't imagine they're going to be a completely long ball team. That just... I don't know. it, it, It sounds... It sounds a bit unrealistic that you're going to score four goals from just being a long ball team. I don't think a long ball team does that. I mean, Christ, we were the king of the long ball at one point. We didn't score four goals, so um...
3: especially as well against Cardiff, obviously a Mick McCarthy side. Now I know the fans, from what I gather, aren't too impressed, and there's a bit, you know, a bit of memories of discontent coming from the stands now, and I think, at Cardiff. But you'd still expect. Any Mick McCarthy side to go out there to be one who'd be, you know, long, like, similar to what we say there, long balls coming in. He sets his sides up to be heading them away all day as well, do not That's the way that he's always sort of done. Big, strong, physical sides. Yep. That's how that's how McCarthy, you know, likes his teams. So, like I say, you think they must have something different. They wouldn't have that much success against a, a McCarthy side, surely.
2: No, no, absolutely not, mate. I think he's on he's on borrowed time at Cardiff, I think, mate. It'd be interesting to see how long he, he lasts there because, yeah, there's a lot of people that I know are Cardiff fans and they are not happy at all. So um, I think it's one of them, like anything, if you play like like the West Brom fans, let's be honest, if they're playing long ball football or more longer, more direct football than they're used to and you know, they're having long throws and that's their game, they're obviously happy because they're top of the league. So as long as you're winning and doing well, Fans will accept whatever style of football you want to do normally. Um so I think it's when things go wrong that it goes wrong, doesn't it? I mean, when Pulitz went to West Brom, that's what he was always slated for, because he was playing more direct football and this isn't the West Brom way and all that. <laughs> so well that I think the difference is, you know, obviously they've obviously got better quality players, so it's working for them. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes, mate. Um, yeah, like I said either way, it's gonna be very, very close. Um and I guess in terms of there's been a, a fan prediction poll uh, as well for, for West Brom. So, uh, again, in terms of everyone who's obviously voted for that, thank you very much um, indeed. So, as always, the options were a Stoke win, a West Brom win or a draw. Now, Dan, I don't know if you remember the scores on this one, mate, but um, it was quite tight. Um, who do you think kind of come out on top of that one?
3: Ooh, I think... This is after the whole win, by the way. Really? Sorry?
2: Okay. I was just going to say, this is after, I should have probably caveated that with this is after the win versus Hull that this went out for about two or three days. So this is pre Preston results, by the way.
3: Yeah, I think I'd say quite tight, or I'd say quite tight between state winning a draw. You know, either, either one of them, but quite, being quite close, I'd imagine.
2: Okay. Um. Yeah, it was kind of close. Um. So, uh, fifty-one percent think that Stoke will win. Um. The draw is at thirty-seven percent, and eleven percent think West Brom will win. So, yeah, it's not dramatic. It's not a, a you know a chasm of different kind of scores. I think it's quite close. So, yeah, I think um if we were to ask that again tonight and and whatnot, I think people may be a little bit more um, down the draw route. To be honest, considering they've won four nil and we've drew one one, but uh, time will certainly tell me. Um and this is the part of the week where we'd normally have a quiz but I'm not going to lie I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything like that um, I've been absolutely shattered uh, this week I've been working long long hours and a lot of private stuff going on so there won't be a quiz this week uh, Dan so apologies uh, mate I've not had time to get that sorted for you but um yeah, I'm sure we'll put out a, a poll in the week with a few different kind of subjects for people to choose from, and then we'll let everyone else decide uh, what you've got to get next week. I think we're going to have to make it especially hard.
3: <laughs> yes, well, I, I can say if, if there's any, um, if anybody wants to nominate, you know, a topic, or even put together a quiz. I mean, they could contact you directly, couldn't they, Mike? With the you know, these are the questions as the quiz. And, uh, yeah, if, if if anybody ever felt, oh yeah, you know, if they ever want to come on and, and you know, deliver the quiz, and I'll answer, you know, they can ask me the questions themselves. You know, I'm, I'm we're up for that here. You now that the more interaction we get with you guys, the better. That you know, that's the the more you can hear other voices, and the less you can hear of ours. I'm sure you you have a better
2: time as well, especially less of yours, mate. I mean, crash, you don't have to ramble on. Um, very true. So, <laughs> very true. So yes. Anyway either way, mate, been very, very good speaking to you again this week. Uh, Thank you to um, everybody who's obviously contributed. Thank you again to the Baggies Podcast. Thank you to Graham McGarry. Uh, Thank you to, obviously, everyone um, else who's been involved in this. Um, As always, guys, uh, the pod will be back next week. Obviously, this is, of course, landed, um, obviously, on the Thursday, where we'll be back to the normal slot of Friday at 7am next week. So, thank you very, very much indeed. Let's keep everything crossed for three points versus West Brom, uh, and we'll see you all next week.